Now, I note there was a bit in the papers the other day about stamp duty. It didn't get a lot of attention. And look, after all, it was just another study, and studies a dime a dozen. But it did deliver some important findings. And perhaps the most startling was this. The removal of stamp duty could instigate 100,000 more home sales each year in New South Wales alone. Now, it has to be noted that no one in a position of power is proposing that we remove stamp duty, but it does prove the point we all know to be true, and that is that stamp duty is a handbrake on the housing market. It prohibits some who may want to downsize from doing so, and it stops many young people from buying their first home. And look, even the beneficiaries of it, state governments, they all agree it's lazy, that it's an inefficient tax. It's the worst kind of tax, in other words. So if it's not for the axe, it surely needs to be reformed. Uh, But despite furious agreement, reform has proved elusive. As always, politics and poor salesmanship have got in the way. Now, at the last election, you'll recall the Perrottet government put together a plan to reform and actually abolish over time, stamp duty as we know it. It was a scheme that acknowledged the way people interact with real estate today is different to what it was in the past. And it would have guaranteed a more reliable and predictable revenue stream to Macquarie Street compared with the status quo. But the public didn't buy it. The then opposition promised to scrap it. And so the land tax idea was sunk. But perhaps it is time we look at it again. Now, this recent study from the E61 Institute makes clear that the main problem with stamp duty as we know it is that it's a big cost that comes at the very same time that people effectively empty their savings accounts to put a deposit on a home. In other words, it comes at the worst possible time for prospective buyers, a time when they don't have any spare capital. And as they argue, the productivity of the economy overall would be lifted when it's easier for people to move or change jobs and sell houses and move. Again, stamp duty often prohibits such malleability. And perhaps worst of all, it's an example of bracket creep on steroids. Forget stage three tax cuts. For many states, stamp duty thresholds haven't moved in decades. Meaning from the 1990s until now, we've gone from 12% of buyers paying a stamp duty rate of 3% or more, 12%, to now 95%. It's just a license to print money. And it destroys aspiration, fluidity and flexibility. So, back to the land tax model we go. Now, the great benefit of that was that at the point of transaction, it imposes a minor cost on buyers, hence encouraging the freer buying and selling of real estate. The proposed rate, for what it's worth, by the former government for an owner-occupier was $500 plus 0.3% of the unimproved land value. Now, yes, that would be a price, a cost, that had to be found by families every year. But it is a lot easier to find, say, $4,000 a year than it is to save $75,000 on top of a deposit. Now, we can debate whether the rate of land tax should be 0.3% or 0.2% or whatever. We can debate that point. My criticism of the Perrottet plan at the time was that it wasn't capped. As I said at the time, a cap equivalent to, say, 120% of the original stamp duty figure would have certainly addressed some criticisms about the ongoing nature 
of the land tax proposal. But I recall at the time when debate about this was running hot on the open line, and it was, many people failed, I think, to take into account how our relationship with real estate has changed over the decades. I mean, we still love it. We're still addicted to it. But where once, say, in, I don't know, my grandparents' generation, you bought a house and you lived in it until you died, these days people are increasingly a lot less anchored to their first place of purchase. People are now likely to buy and sell a number of times throughout their lives. And that might be when they marry and then some kids come along and then they have to change location for work and then the kids move out. Often people buy and sell their real estate according to those landmarks. Well, under the current tax arrangement, each time you move, you have to cough up tens of thousands of dollars in stamp duty. Of course, under the land tax model, the lifetime total, depending on how often you do move, may be far less. Anyway, you might have some thoughts about it, or you can let me know. I'd love to hear from you. One three one eight seven three. I think it's time we re- at least revisit this, but... Whether a land tax is the answer or not, let there be no doubt. Stamp duty is a dead weight, and it's got to go. However, it's going to persist until we have the leadership brave enough to make the case.